It's ironic. The more data people put online about themselves, the more worried everyone is about privacy. Still, federal agencies and businesses are obligated to protect people's privacy, even in a data-driven world. New guidance from the National Institute of Standards and Technology, just out in draft form, outlines a risk management approach to privacy. Here to explain it, Program Manager and Senior Privacy Policy Advisor, Naomi Lefkowitz. Ms. Lefkowitz, good to have you on. Thank you, Tom. This new draft guidance, tell us what's in it. What is it aimed at? This is the NIST Privacy Framework, and it's a tool for improving privacy through enterprise risk management. Um, This is our version 1.0, so uh, we consider this a living document, but our our version 1.0 is our stable document for the time being. So we're very pleased to uh, release it after a uh, year-long process working with stakeholders. This is a voluntary tool to really help organizations think about and figure out how to identify and prioritize and manage privacy risk. Uh, you know, with their systems and their products and their services. I guess in the area of data that is held by people as opposed to, say, paper data or information known by individuals, digital data, privacy is kind of hard to separate from cybersecurity, isn't it? Well, I think that's one of the things that we try to do with the framework is to really clarify that relationship. So, no, absolutely, there is a overlap between cybersecurity and privacy risk, but uh, privacy risk extends beyond just good cybersecurity. So one example that we sometimes use is if you think about the smart grid, uh, and you may recall that uh, there are some communities in the beginning that objected to the use of smart meters, And the reasons wasn't so much that um, people thought that the utility companies couldn't keep their information secure. Uh, It was more because they were concerned that the uh, data that was being collected was so granular that inferences could be made about their behavior inside their homes. Um, So that sort of goes beyond just a basic security issue. And you mentioned the risk management part of the framework, and that's a approach that we see in a lot of uh, different domains in government management. Tell us about the risk management aspect of privacy protection. Yeah, it's a really interesting area, um, much newer than uh, security. So I think privacy has gone down a path that's much more sort of regulatory and requirements-based. And security has always been much more risk-based. And I think what we're seeing is that in uh, with privacy, you know, principles and legal requirements are very important, um, but they don't just sort of get automatically translated and implemented into privacy protections that are you know, designed into products and services. And so we see privacy risk management as a way to you know, help uh, a process to help embed uh, privacy protections you know, into products and services. And I guess the guidance gets into some areas that are hard to quantify. I know one of the bullet points that you list as part of the framework is building customers' trust by supporting ethical decision-making in product and service design. And that's something you not only have to do, but you have to make sure that visitors, constituents, people using your digital services know that you've done that. That's a tall order for a lot of agencies. I, I think that's right. Um but one of the, you know, the areas that we've been working in at NIST is really trying to you know, develop 
a analytical model for understanding and, as I said, assessing and prioritizing privacy risk. And the way that we do it is we can think about, you know, the operations that, uh, you know, an organization is taking with data, whether it's collection, some kind of analysis or aggregation, you know, all the way through disposal. Uh, and we can ask, uh, you know, an organization can ask, you know, is this processing likely to create some kind of problem for for individuals? Um, and, and those problems could range widely. They could be just simply some kind of embarrassment about having some type of information revealed about them that they didn't anticipate, uh, you know, all the way up to discrimination or economic loss. And, you know, the, so you can analyze what's the likelihood of that occurring uh, and then the impact if that occurs. And by doing that, it really gives you a frame of analysis for deciding, you know, how impactful this is, you know, how should we respond, what kind of mitigations should we put in place, and hopefully those mitigations, because they are sort of fine-tuned to addressing specific problems, uh, will uh, ultimately be more effective than just a simple checklist approach. We're speaking with Naomi Lefkowitz. She's Program Manager for Privacy Engineering and Senior Privacy Policy Advisor at the National Institute of Standards and Technology. And so what you say then really indicates that the privacy framework involves not just the IT people or even the privacy officer, but really the people that own programs and agency management need to be part of this, it sounds like. That's absolutely right. Uh, and I, you know, it was our goal that the framework could be a, you know, a communication tool that would allow all parts of an organization to talk to each other uh, about privacy, whether that's you know, all the way up at sort of the you know, senior management level, as you say, down through the sort of program owners, uh, and then on into the uh, legal and implementation uh, IT uh, areas as well. Yeah, it looks like a pretty complicated structure, though. I'm looking at the privacy framework basics, and you start with the core, which provides, and I'm reading, an increasingly granular set of activities and outcomes that enable a dialogue about managing privacy risk. There's a lot of colors and arrows and categories and subcategories is this a complicated thing for an agency to get its privacy framework up to snuff? Well, I think organizations can use it in many ways. So we've already heard about some organizations who have used it, and they've just taken sort of the top level, the five functions, very simple, uh, identify, govern, control, communicate, protect, very sort of intuitive concepts, uh, and and they've just taken those and sort of matched those up against their uh, program and, and, and just sort of done like a red, yellow, green, right? And so it was very, very simple, very easy communication tool. Other organizations, you know, go further down, as you say, into those categories and subcategories and really talk through, um, you know, what are our objectives for privacy and how do these different outcomes and activities help us meet those objectives. Those many subcategories are not intended to be treated as a checklist, um, but really, you know, that second part of the, the, the basics is this concept of this profile where you really prioritize what are the most important activities and outcomes. And also, the framework references how this whole effort informs buying decisions. So, 
that is to say the products and services that an agency might acquire in pursuit of its mission, it sounds like vendors have to be part of the privacy framework. That's that's correct. And and we've uh, you know, sort of coined this concept of this uh, data processing ecosystem where uh, that's exactly right. It's not just about each organization managing privacy risk for themselves, but about all organizations thinking about how they are managing or affecting privacy risk in the larger ecosystem. So, you know, how a manufacturer might build a device, a, an Internet of Things type of device, and the capabilities or lack of capabilities that they might build in to manage privacy uh, will affect how an end user or uh, an agency who has to use that device, how they'll be able to manage privacy risk in their environment. Naomi Lefkowitz is Program Manager for Privacy Engineering and Senior Privacy Policy Advisor at the National Institute of Standards and Technology. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you very much for having me. We'll post this interview along with a link to the guidance at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. <coughs> Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature. Will you and everyone you work with lose their minds if you don't use Upwork to bring in more talent to help? Yep. Can you afford to spend months finding that talent the old-fashioned way? Nope. Can you hire them in seconds on Upwork? Yep. Is it complicated? Nope. Can you have them as long as you need? Yep. Longer than you need? Nope. Is Upwork a newer, better way to work? Yep. Is this commercial over? Nope. What about now? Yep. Upwork. This is how we work now.